0: Good morning and welcome to Mad Village on 98.9 Northwest FM. You're here with myself, Jaime, and with Carol. Good morning, Carol.
1: Good morning, Jaime. How are you?
0: Very well. And, Carol, um, what's happening this morning?
1: Um, Well, apart from the fact that I'm recovering from a World Cup hangover, um, (laughs) we're really, really excited to have a wonderful guest with us today and... um, I'll probably mispronounce his name as I do everybody else's, so I'll let you go ahead with the introductions. So,
0: very excited to be talking to Abdallah Larry this morning. Uh, Abdallah is uh, the project coordinator for the um, Bromedos Community Youth Justice Alliance in Bromedos, and uh, it's a project that supports young people who um, are at risk of becoming in contact with the justice system. So, we're going to be talking to Abdallah in just a minute, but before that... We will play our first song for today and that is Melanie de Blasio.
2: Northwest FM is undergoing a major refit to our studios. While this is happening, some of our programs will not be going on air. We expect this to last a few days, then we will be back on air with our usual programs. Thank you for your patience.
0: Northwest FM, that is indeed the radio station, the show is uh, Mad Village and it is now 11 minutes past uh, 9. I just wanted to warn our listeners, we have a new control panel in place, so things are going to be even a bit more dodgy than usual. <laughs> so, but anyway, that shouldn't detract from my wonderful conversation with our guest this morning, who is here in, in the studio with us. His name is Abdallah Lari. Good morning, Abdallah.
2: Good morning, Hami. Thanks for having me, and Carol.
1: Welcome.
0: So, Abdallah, maybe um, we always like starting with our guests, learning a little bit about uh, them as people before we talk about any work that they do. So tell us a little bit about uh, you know, where, where you grew up. Sure, so
2: I grew up in Brunswick um, in the late 90s. Uh, I came to Australia uh, during that time from Kuwait. Um, following year 10, we moved to Middle Heights, um, or you know, generally Broadmeadows, and that's sort of where I've been ever since. And I've recently just moved to Craigieburn, but you can still classify that as Broadmeadows.
0: All right and and tell me a little bit about uh, growing up in in Kuwait and sorry you know being there and then moving to Australia.
2: Um well you know uh, apart from the culture sort of uh changes um because I was qu- quite relatively young um I don't sort of remember much of it. I, I do remember however in Kuwait um You would never really see anyone wearing t-shirts and shorts generally. Um, There was a specific uh, dress code. I remember when I first came to Australia, um, I used to see a lot of people in t-shirts and shorts. And you would only see that back at home when sort of people are wearing their pyjamas. So the first thought was, uh, why is everyone in their pyjamas? And they're sort of walking around outside in their PJs.
1: (laughs) and that's despite the fact that it's pretty hot in Kuwait i imagine
2: yeah absolutely um it, it's uh, like uh, they wear a um a long ground uh, a, oh, sorry um like a i don't know what sort of it's called uh, it's like a long piece of clothing mm. um yeah
1: so you migrated with family, did you?
2: That's right. Yes, with my immediate family.
1: Yeah. How old were you, roughly?
2: Uh, I was about five years old.
1: Okay. Yeah. And um, how many languages can you speak at the moment, Abdullah?
2: Um, I can speak uh, Arabic fluently, and I'm starting to learn uh, a bit of Farsi, Persian. Uh, so my wife is from uh, Persian background, so I've been sort of learning how to uh, communicate with the family, with her family back at home. So
1: fantastic.
0: Yeah. All right, so Abdallah, let's move to maybe uh, high school. Sure. Uh, growing up in, in, in the local area, wh- which school did you go to?
2: Um, so, my first school uh, was, oh, well, first high school was Brunswick Secondary College. Uh, and then I moved to Upfield Secondary, uh, which was in Dallas, uh, now formerly known as Roxburgh Park.
0: All right, so, and anything you w- might want to highlight about those days? Oof,
2: how much time do we have? (laughs) Um, uh, Look, there there are sort of uh, uh, the highlights of sort of my adolescence, to be honest. Um, In hindsight, I I would love to sort of get that period back. Um, We, you know, uh, with sort of the group of friends that um, we're involved with, got a lot of, uh, we got uh, involved in a lot of mischief, but um, uh, I I wouldn't really regret anything uh, during those times.
0: Did you, uh, was it a pretty happy time, your high school and...
2: Oh, look, I think many people would argue um, that they can't wait until they finish high school, um, but in hindsight, I, I would love uh, to get that time back. So, yes, it, it was an incredible time. Um,
0: yeah. And were you kind of academically focused or not really?
2: Uh, a, a, a bit of both, to be honest. Um, yeah, so you know, I've, I've sort of had specific subjects I really enjoyed. Um, like philosophy and English, uh, I quite like those. Um, maths, though, I, I did everything in my power to avoid or cheat. Um,
0: <laughs> and so, uh, going into the senior years of high school, did you did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you grew up? Oof, um,
2: yes, yes. Uh, ironically, I've always wanted to get into psychology. Um, that was sort of my uh, go-to, I guess, uh, focus when I was a little bit younger, uh, and then ironically, I got into banking, um, <laughs> which is sort of—I don't know how that uh, started. No, I would like to also sort of stress to our listeners this morning. I do apologise. I'm I'm a little bit tired this morning. I had a I had a weird dream last night. I was a, a car muffler, so I'm a little bit exhausted at the moment.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. So um, we wanted to be a psychologist, but somehow. Uh, did you go, did you go to ju- to uni straight away from high school?
2: Yes, I uh, I um ended up doing uh, social sciences at RMIT straight after university.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how did you land yourself?
2: Uh it's sort of quite an interesting story actually. Um once I sort of finished my degree, uh, I, I was uh, intending to sort of do further studies uh, and complete uh, a masters. Um I went overseas as part of my research to the Middle East. Um Came back, I really didn't enjoy it and I wanted to sort of take a break from study and casework and things like that. Um, So, a friend uh, suggested, you know, why don't you sort of get into um, corporate banking, which was in quality assurance at the time. Um, And uh, I ended up sort of staying with the bank for maybe just over eight years. Um, That was sort of by accident.
0: Wow, that's pretty amazing. That's a
1: long-term accident. Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: Uh, By the way, before I forget, people... um, the track we just played before, that was uh, Melanie Di Blasio, Your Freedom is the End of Me. And that was a long track because we needed to organize a few things. So anyway, that's it. Um, Alright, so Abdallah, um, at some point you decided that you had enough of banking. So what was the move from then?
2: Uh, th- look, uh, the best way I can describe is more sort of soul searching. So I, I remember sort of... Um, when I had resigned I I felt a a little bit lost because uh, at at sort of that point in time I really didn't know um, which avenue I wanted to take all I knew I wanted to get into community services um, specifically drug and alcohol Uh, so I found myself going back to study and doing uh, drug and alcohol or AOD uh, core components so I can get into the industry Uh, and in between um, I had sort of Every job you can think of, from working at a sort of petrol station to doing various gardening, um, various transport uh, positions. I worked in a bakery for a little while. Um, a, a, and that was sort of a really fun period where I just sort of got to um, not worry about, you know, rocking up to work in a suit and um, sort of just p- to be myself a little bit. And yeah.
0: Uh, I seem to remember, Abdallah, you mentioned that at some point you worked in, in, a, in a petrol station. Yes, and that your old colleagues from the bank turned up at some yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, and and, and that was sort of quite an interesting um, exchange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I of so I, I remember sort of um, the, they, uh, I guess the the perception or or the interpretation I saw it was um, oh, you know, it's a bit, a bit of falling from grace. That's right. Well, he's a loser. Yeah, you know, know? but um, but you well, were quite happy. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. You know? um, quite like sort it of
0: it ma- makes me think of the movie American Beauty I don't, I don't know if you've saw, seen it but basically you know this character who had a pretty good uh, corporate job and then one day he just decides to leave and
2: yeah I'm I'm exactly like that
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what prompted your interest in working in drug and alcohol support services? Was there some personal experience or connection that, that made you interested?
2: Uh, yes. Um, at the time, I had sort of um, a good friend of mine who was sort of struggling uh, with an addiction. And for me personally, I could sort of never grasp or sort of understand why um, he was experiencing that difficulty, given his sort of circumstances. So initially, it was just sort of an area that I wanted to really um, learn about um so that was sort of what initially prompted me into um sort of that sort of research part and just sort of looking into sort of this phenomena of addiction um the more i looked into it the more i sort of really enjoyed that sort of type of work um and it you know just changed uh, completely my uh, assumptions and perceptions of um you know the, the concept of addiction um yeah
1: How did your parents respond to you giving up the suit and the nice salary and moving into this area of work?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a really sort of good question. Um, I I remember sort of both my parents were incredibly uh, concerned. Um, They they, they had sort of seen it as, as a bit of a sort of... Uh, a life crisis at the time and, and they were, yeah um but you know I, I i felt quite uh empowered actually whereas they saw it as you know like um, what are you going to do now and, and um yeah so so i i remember they were incredibly incredibly concerned um yeah but it's paid off now sort of no and longer the black sheep
0: and so how long did you spend working Dragon alcohol
2: Uh, I think it was around five years uh, in a withdrawal unit. Um, That was sort of the main uh, entry point. Uh,
0: That would have been pretty intense.
2: uh, Absolutely. But um, I I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I I think it was an an incredible uh, opportunity to sort of be provided. Um, And I learned a lot working um, uh, in in that space. It's almost like you get a crash course uh, of the industry. Mm. So, um,
0: and then from then, where, where did you go?
2: Uh, so from there, um, we, uh, or I myself uh, was working for a drug and alcohol agency at the time. We had joined up a partnership to uh, deliver sort of this uh, recent program called Services Connect, which was all about sort of um, various organizations coming together and working collaboratively together. Um, so I sort of volunteered and did that. It was a, 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 about a two-year pilot from memory. Um, and I was there for, sort of for the, the, the whole period. Um, and that was more so uh, coming on board as a drug and alcohol, uh, you know, expert, but working with various organisations. So, for example, our team consisted of um, someone from uh, a homelessness sort of background, and th- that's sort of the experience point. Uh, a worker from a sort of a mental health background, uh, v- sort of various, um, uh, you know, someone from a counselling background, and we sort of t- took on board casework. So and it worked. was
0: like a multidisciplinary team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So um, I would say it was at that stage that you sort of came into contact with uh, Banksia Gardens.
2: Absolutely. Um, So I I remember I was working, I think, one day a week out of Banksia Gardens with some of the uh, participants and the um, uh, sort of people sort of who accessed that service. Uh, And that's sort of my first entry point to Banksia. Um, Although sort of living in Broadmeadows for a significant amount period of time, I had never actually heard of Banksia Gardens before, that experience, um, so yeah, it was a g- really good sort of time.
0: And this is uh, it is nine twenty three, and the show you're listening to is Mad Village. Uh, this morning we are talking to Abdallah Larry, who is the project coordinator for the Meadows Community Youth Justice Alliance. And nine nine twenty three is the moment I have chosen, Carol, to make an on air confession. Okay.
1: I'm anxious. Okay. Got it.
0: <laughs> so um, the reason why we decided to employ Abdallah. Uh, I don't want to name any names because obviously these things need to be remain anonymous in terms of people we work with. But the reason why we decided to employ Abdallah was that Abdallah and I, uh, at the time, were sharing um, the support of a client who for a lot of people, you know, they would, they would uh, define him or describe him as an extremely challenging client. Mm, you know, someone with a very, very complex situation. And... Someone who many people perceived as being, I don't know, aggressive or violent or, you know, just, you know, the sort of pe- person who, you know, had interventions or, in- intervention orders against and, you know, p- they wouldn't let him enter certain spaces. But um, conversations with Abdallah about that particular client made me realize the amount of compassion that this man uh, had and the, I guess, the, the wisdom for someone who was relatively young. Um, and that's you know, w- as soon as we had an opportunity to employ him, that's that's w- how we d- why we decided to go with him.
2: Thank you very much, Hami. I do quite like sort of still being referred to as young, uh, so take as <coughs> <I think laughs> an incredible
0: compliment. Yes,
1: stick with
2: us,
0: kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Abdallah. So now um, we have come to to get involved with bangshe Gardens, and it's an opportunity for you to tell us a little bit about some of the work you have done with us.
2: Uh, So, in in brief, um, when I first um, uh, finished off the Services Connect pilot, um, uh, I I worked sort of full time with Banksia Gardens to run another pilot program called Second Chance, and that was with collaboration with CVGT Australia, which is a a job network sort of agency, and that was more so to um, pilot a program based uh, at the Broadmeadows Magistrate Court, and to work with... um, uh, I guess sort of offenders uh, and to look at sort of other means of um, I guess opportunities and not just sort of punitive punishment and that was specifically to work with offenders and link them into employment um, and then go back to the courts and talk a little bit about their progress. The idea behind it was um, if sort of an individual given gets given an opportunity to sort of maintain and sustain their employment, they would have addressed uh, their offending behaviors and um, so that was sort of the second chance pilot it's still sort of ongoing um and it's due to sort of conclude in september this year
0: all right abdallah so um just conscious of our listeners and they may need a bit of a music break um tell us about the first song that you have chosen it's remember the time
2: uh right. it, it's it's a song that brings back a lot of nostalgia, uh sort of positive uh, feelings for me. Um and it's also a, a song that my wife and I quite uh, enjoy together. Um so uh that's why I sort of selected it this morning. All right. So let's listen.
0: Remember the time by Michael Jackson, uh, chosen by our guest this morning, Abdallah Lari. And let's go back to our interview. Abdallah, um, before we go uh, to talk about the Broadmeadows Community Youth Justice Alliance project, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some, some things about you that uh, are a bit of a surprise. So one of them is your hobby. Yes,
2: um, so, so it is quite a, an interesting and unique hobby. Yeah. Um, and it's qu- quite a, a, a long story about how I sort of got into it, but it, essentially it's um, creating uh, uh, you know, uh, various sort of costumes or, or superhero-based costumes, mainly Batman. Um, so if, you, if you'd like to sort of see it, I know it's a bit awkward when, when I sort of talk about it on radio, but uh, my Facebook site is called Superhero Concepts, um, and it's just got a few sort of various uh, pictures of sort of the work that um, I've done over
0: the years. But basically, you, you supply superhero costumes for people all over the world, right?
2: That, that, that's right. Um, so most of my clients are based in the, in the US and uh, Europe. Um, and it's, um, you can sort of have it either as a, as a wearable costume or you can display it as a statue. Uh, and they're life-size. Um, yeah.
0: Well, was uh, a little bit of a story about your name.
2: Yeah, um so I do have a, a bit of a sort of a funny story. So initially my parents um wanted to name me um Aqil or Aqil, uh how you sort of pronounce it in English. Uh and the meaning behind that is the smart one. Um however um sort of while sort of my mum was in labor, uh, my dad um had a bit of a snooze and uh, he he was sort of dreaming that he saw uh, a boy that was about six years old uh, at the beach. So, he approaches the boy and um, he asks him, you know, are you okay? Where are you? And the boy replies, oh, I'm your son, Abdallah. Um, and that's how I sort of got my name, Abdallah. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling a little bit bitter because um, my <laughs> younger brother, Akil, uh, got that name and, and he's a he's a doctor now. Um, <laughs> so,
0: he's, he's the smart one. <laughs> yeah, so... Um. That's a good story, Abdallah. All right, Thank so... You. You. The very, very last bit that I also wanted to cover is that in your free time, and I don't know when you find the time to do this, you also facilitate a program called Baby Makes Three.
2: Yes, that's right. Um, So that's essentially working with uh, first-time parents, so mums, dads, and sort of new baby together in a group-based environment. Um, And it's all about sort of facilitating uh, healthy relationships. So generally, um, you know, first-time parents are... Inundated with various uh, you know, knowledge and the do's and don'ts when it, when sort of baby comes into the picture, uh, their whole life is changed and the priorities change. So sometimes it's good to do a program that just focuses on them as well, uh, and sort of it's all about sort of that transition to parenthood. You know, moving from a couple to a family. Yeah,
0: and I'm just again very curious about how you landed in a job like this when you. You know you've worked in a bank and uh, as a drug and al- alcohol counselor and you don't have kids of your own
2: <laughs> yes uh, well, well that program is one of the reasons why i still don't have kids but um, <laughs> um, uh, lots and lots of planning is required but you know anyway um, it, it was sort of what, while i was with services connect uh, they were sort of seeking uh, facilitators to run uh, it was a pilot at the time uh, volunteered to sort of take part uh, of the hume based uh, pilot um, great
1: yeah. so where does that program run
2: uh, it runs um uh, in in various sort of health and child maternal centers in hume so we have one in sunbury greenvale Craigieburn, and there's another pilot uh, that's sort of the antenatal program that's at the northern hospital as well yeah
0: great. beautiful all right so abdallah uh, let's talk now about what occupies most of your time these days which is the Broadmeadows community youth justice alliance
2: Ah, oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about my PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so uh, the Broadmeadows Community Youth Justice Alliance is a bit of a mouthful, but we'll, we'll refer to it as the Alliance Program. Yeah, so just to sort of make it nice and easy. Uh, that's a sort of another newly established pilot uh, that sort of commenced in September last year. Uh, and it, it's predominantly working with... Um, Uh, participants from the ages of 10 to 24 so it's quite vast including their families who reside in hume Um, and the program comprises of three sort of main uh, categories um, one is an individual client support stream that's very similar to sort of case management. So that's where the participant uh, receives one-on-one sort of support, mentoring. Uh, the second component is the co-location of various agencies. So for example, we have Northern Community Legal Centre uh, working at, at a sort of an alliance building that we've called, um, Headspace for sort of mental health, YSS for drug and alcohol counselling, Astara uh, Astora. Astora ah, austara australia for um employment services and various sort of other sort of agencies and the idea is um, when a participant works with us he can also have access to various sort of experts um that can sort of provide that wraparound service The last component of that program is the Youth Space 3047 Initiative. And what that basically is, is uh, leveraging off Banksia Gardens pre-existing programs like the study group and various other sort of regular programs that um, we conduct, including new programs that's uh, mainly focusing on group-based recreational activities. So an example is um, on Tuesdays, we might sort of have a martial art program between three and five, and that's sort of every week. Um, on Thursdays, we have an after hours drop in center that operates from five to eight p m uh, and there's a whole range of various activities that uh, get sort of um, uh, that 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 gets run in that sort of program
0: so how many young people have you worked with already in this program so generally speaking
2: we we get between fifty to a hundred sort of participants uh, uh, each week. Uh, that, you know, um, take part in the various sort of activities that we do. Uh, With our individual uh, support stream, we're working with close to uh, 70 participants now. Um, And to date, we've had about 92 referrals um, into that sort of program alone.
0: And who gets to refer people into the program?
2: Uh, Well, it it can sort of come from various means. So uh, part of that program, we, we have various partners that tend to refer in. So an example would be that uh, on Tuesdays, the team uh, do a bit of outreach at the sort of uh, Broadmeadows Melbourne Magistrate Court. So sometimes a lot of the referrals are coming from uh, various sort of solicitors, um, youth justice uh, and diversion coordinators and and judges themselves and and Victoria Police as well. And then we have the other end of the spectrum. So various uh, schools, uh, various sort of families and self-referrals as well.
0: And so um, what have you found working in this in this program? Tell me a little bit about Ooh. things that you have learned.
2: Well, well the, the, this program um, adopts the philosophies of the Services Connect program, and that is sort of to have a key worker that can sort of provide that regular, consistent work. Um, so the main learning point for me is just to sort of have that one person to work with that sort of young person and sort of brokerage other services for them, uh, but not just to simply handball them to other services, um, because something that's really frustrating for a, I guess sort of young person is to keep repeating their story and to navigate the system because there's there's a plethora of various. Uh, I, I guess, youth-specific services out there. And it's quite overwhelming for a young person to navigate these services. So to have sort of this key worker philosophy that brokerage services, uh, takes them to appointments and, and provides that sort of uh, regular and consistent contact, uh, I think has sort of been one of the key uh, successes. Um, to have a service that's advocacy-based and really focuses on the self-employment model as well, uh, that's sort of been a major, I think, success for it from our perspective.
1: And I guess building trust with that one person would make a huge difference.
2: Oh, absolutely. A trust and report go hand in hand with that, Uh, yes. Um,
0: Tell us a bit about what you have learned about participants, about the young people who may be at risk of offending or they have offended already, you know?
2: Uh, Well, look, uh, personally speaking, I I think that um, regardless of sort of how someone presents and I learned this back when I was working within the drug and alcohol industry is that um, judgment should be sort of at the last, uh, you know, the last thing on your on your mind um, and I, I guess just to sort of have faith and give this person uh, a chance um, so that, that's sort of been my, my key learning that, you know, if you sort of just engage um, do your best to sort of build a report uh, and to advocate for them Um, or just just listen Uh, i think it goes hand in hand with some of these things Um, that's sort of been i think one of the key uh, learnings throughout my life Uh, and sort of can be adopted uh, to this
0: as well great we're gonna make a break for a sponsorship break and also uh, another song chosen by abdallah so see you in a few minutes Interested in becoming an official radio presenter for 98.9 Northwest FM? Comprehensive training courses are frequently being conducted, so why not realise your dream and give it a go? Opportunities like this don't arise every day. You make them happen. For further details, contact Northwest FM on 9304
1: 1244. 98.9 Northwest FM, your community radio station. I'm so thirsty for some gutsy social issues. That's why I listen to Morning Magazine each day on 98.9 Northwest FM.
0: Is this the real life?
1: Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. <laughs>
0: Yes, Abdallah, I do agree with you that uh, it doesn't matter how many times you listen to that song. It's always that good, hey?
2: Absolutely, and I definitely wanted to devote that song to a dear friend of mine, Tarek Fizzer. Uh, So that song's for you, my friend.
0: Enjoy. So that was Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. All right. So, um, Abdallah, uh, we were talking about the Alliance Project. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you is... You know, what do you think um, helps young people stay away from from trouble, you know?
2: Oh, that's a very sort of big question. Um, overall, I think just sort of providing a, a young person with just options. Uh, I think a lot of the participants um, that I work with uh, from their own perspective, they don't have any options, uh, you know, um, provided to them. Uh, so just sort of um, having, uh, you know, you know provide options um, and, and just trying uh, to maybe work around their peer base as well. Because I think um, who they hang around with is, is sort of a big uh, influence as well. Um, but that's not to say, oh, you, you shouldn't sort of hang around with, you, with with their peers. It's actually to work with their peers and, and try to sort of get everyone on, on board and um, s- sort of supporting one another um, to look at sort of other means of... Uh, I guess, um, you know, wh- what else they can do in their pastime. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, becau- I mean, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, often we paint the picture of these young people, you know, as offenders. You know, like, uh, I guess or just the, their offending behavior and I was thinking I mean it's a little bit unfair as well no? because
2: yeah uh, absolutely look uh, look personally speaking I don't qu- and I've often sort of referred to uh, some of the participants as offenders that sort of comes um, uh, the, the nature of the work but I, I don't quite like sort of that term um, and, and, I, and I definitely sort of agree with you sort of when, when you're referring to to them as offenders or you know um, you know troublemakers all that sort of stuff you're you already sort of Um, fulfilling the self-fulfilling prophecy if that makes sense Um, yeah so I don't think it's a really good way of approaching any situation
1: how do you deal with backlash you know that that tendency in our community in the media and social media for people to say these are bad kids why are we wasting time and resources they're dangerous they're uh Wreckers, you know, all, the, all that negative sort of stuff. How how do you respond to people who, out of ignorance, prejudice or perhaps just plain fear, think that they don't want to deal with these kids?
2: Yeah, that, that, that's another really good question, Carol. Um, I, I think given the work that we are currently doing, uh, we're, we're in the process of developing various sort of case studies uh, with, and, and we've got permission from various participants to share their stories. Uh, so I think that's one way of sort of combating that... Um, uh i guess negativity um is to sort of showcase well this is sort of the work um uh, also maybe to tell their story i think once someone hears their story it sort of maybe sometimes changes a little bit about oh what they've sort of just or what they know about sort of what they've done if that makes sense um we're in the process of sort of doing a a promotional video as well that showcases the work and we're going to incorporate some stories in there as well um and hopefully um by the end of the pilot um through various sort of reporting mechanisms, we can demonstrate that uh, by intervention and involvement within a, a program such as this, uh, it's actually reduced uh, their criminal offending. I think that's going to be the key. Um, uh, yeah.
0: Abdullah, I was just going to ask you about, you know, I remember reading one of the case studies that you put together just recently. And the the background of of this particular young person was a, a, a life full of traumatic events and i guess if you could just briefly talk about this as well about the impact of of trauma on on kids and their behaviors as well
2: um th- th- that's that's uh, another sort of really interesting topic but I, I guess sort of the research has shown um how uh, sort of various trauma can impact uh someone's um behaviors um, and and that's definitely something that we see on a day to day basis. Um, you know, once you sort of understand sort of that sort of trauma informed practice, um, it really sort of helps you, um, I guess, work with some of sort of these uh, uh, young people. And now I know Jaime, you've done a lot of work in this background, and, and maybe you can sort of share, um, you know, so, you know how sort of can trauma can impact someone's behaviour.
0: Well, uh, yeah, and I think you you would see that. Um Day in and day out. But th- what the research says is that e- experiences of complex trauma can actually change the wiring of your brain. Um And they have the result of preventing young people from doing things that for us may seem quite basic, like uh, regulating our emotions, building relationships with people, being able to trust people. And And I guess what that means is that for a young person, for example, the experience of Going to school uh, almost feels like the experience of going to war. They, I mean, th- in the research we call this uh, a state of hyper vigilance. But that's how these young people, are just trying to protect themselves and not being able to trust anyone.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, ab- absolutely. And the reason why I sort of was asking you that question is just to test you to make sure you understood what trauma <laughs> practice was. Uh, so well done, you, you passed the test, uh, and, and you've said it so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm quite interested to explore with you Abdullah how you developed this amazing compassion given that from what you've told us you've had a fairly happy and comfortable life growing up I mean the experience of migration can be quite yep. unsettling but apart from that you've you've seemed to have a very loving family pretty good life what what brought you to a point where you can show this amazing compassion and understanding <sighs>
2: I I, I think it sort of comes back down to various life experiences, um, but also sort of growing up and the sort of people around me. um, I I, I think that's the sort of the best way for me to sort of um, place it. Um, I I was sort of fortunate enough to be given a lot of opportunities, whereas some of my peers and and good friend of mine um, weren't given those opportunities. And I sort of saw um, how they interpreted the world. Um, So I think um, sort of being able to sort of sit back from an external lens or or a holistic lens and and just see various sort of points of view, uh, I think that sort of helped out significantly.
0: All right, I'm afraid we're really quickly running out of time. Abdullah, I think you wanted to, you know, mention a few people. Yeah,
2: um, I just wanted to sort of um, give a shout out to Eddie Schmacy and if anyone likes sort of any... um, a real estate business please check out YPA Middle Heights they're absolutely amazing um, and that, that's pretty much it just Eddie he's fantastic
0: alright beautiful <laughs> I think it's the first time we've had a commercial <laughs> uh, advertisement on envi- on Matt Village but that's okay um, we're going to leave you all with uh, a song and I don't think it's going to be played in its entirety because we're running out of time this is a, an artist called Zoe, Zoe Keating and the song is called Escape Artist and Carol we'll see you next week
1: You won't. I'll actually be away. Oh, that's right.
0: (laughs) All right.
2: Thank you for having me, uh, both Jaime and Carol. Been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming.
0: Wonderful to have you. All right. See you all next week.